0: Pushing the limits of artificial intelligence on the modern farm. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Julian Sanchez, Director of Emerging Technology at John Deere. Welcome, Julian.
1: Glad to be here, Tanya.
0: Give us a quick summary of your professional background and what you do at John Deere.
1: Um, I actually have a PhD in psychology, human factor psychology from Georgia Tech, and then uh, I joined John Deere with the whole purpose of focusing on on the idea of making the technology that we're putting into our vehicles, into our systems, easier to use for farmers. So along the way, um, hopefully I made it easier for farmers to use all the sophisticated technology that we'll talk about. But also I learned a lot about how the technology is developed. And so over my career, I transitioned in this, in this uh, role of leading our emerging technology, essentially our innovation efforts at John Deere.
0: You've said that agriculture has been using artificial intelligence for a, a very long time. How did AI get its start on the farm?
1: You know the the application, especially in the if we we talk about modern AI in the last uh, five seven years, where computing power you know enabled that that pivot point with uh, with new techniques, uh, machine learning, deep learning. In agriculture, first of all, it's a very visual task, so there's a lot of opportunities in agriculture to use machine vision to recognize things that otherwise a human is having to recognize detect all day long, right? And so, so that right away gives you a bunch of interesting use cases where like, well, the humans using their vision to recognize a lot of things. We could use computer vision powered by AI to also recognize those things. There's also um, a, a use, case that's, use cases that emerge from having to uh, augment the skills of, of human operators in agriculture. So there's, there's things that take a long time to learn to do very well in agriculture. For example you take a novice and you just you have them look at uh, samples of grain that is being harvested and you ask them hey is this is this about the quality of the grain we want harvested a novice wouldn't know the difference right it takes several um, uh, years of experience to learn to recognize that and then therefore be able to configure equipment on the farm the right way to achieve that grain quality. So, so hopefully all of the, a lot of you listening start to think like, yeah, that sounds like pretty good use cases for AI. A lot of it involving machine vision, a lot of it uh, requiring um, uh, learning over time, which is a prime example for artificial intelligence. So one of our very first applications was exactly what I just described with grain quality. We put cameras inside a harvesting machine that we're constantly monitoring the grain quality uh, going through the machine. And, you know, we took uh, thousands, tens of thousands of samples, trained a convolutional neural network. And and now that product's been in the the market for three or four years. And what it does, again, is in real time, it analyzes whether the grain quality is at the right level. And it optimizes this very complex uh, machine called a harvesting combine in real time.
0: Does AI play any role in agriculture back office, for example, looking at market forecasts and crop planning decisions?
1: It does. And so um, lot, lots of examples there too. I, I would say the, the primary example is AI that is being used to um, analyze imagery. So one of the big, big uh, elements in agriculture right now is satellite imagery. Uh, that is helping farmers make decision about the the health of their crops, the health of their fields, and and actually um, get to know different characteristics of their field. And so there are a lot, there's a lot of AI in those imagery analysis systems that is helping clean up that data and and pull out insights from all of that imagery.
0: When will we see autonomous farming vehicles? You
1: know, I love that question because. It almost depends what you mean by autonomous. So first of all, let me say, self-driving has been a part has been, as a technology where you don't have to steer a machine, that's been a part of agriculture for nearly 20 years. Um, I was just talking to a farmer last season and you know, they're telling me that they can get into a very large field set, you know, t- tens or hundreds of acres And they never have to touch the steering wheel of their vehicle. The vehicle goes through the whole field in a completely automated way. Now one of the things that's still not making it fully autonomous and why the the operator is still in there, one of them is the problem that the whole world is working on which is obstacle detection, right? So we want to make sure that we're able to detect any obstacle out there in the field And, and in automotive those are things like other cars, pedestrians, road signs, in, in agriculture, it's similar kind of problems. I mean, we don't expect there to be a lot of people walking around the fields, but it could happen. So we have to be ready for that. But we have to detect things like you know, wet spots or mud in the field or other types of terrain inconsistencies that could lead to a problem of the vehicle getting stuck. So just like on road, we're working on our own set of uh, challenges to make sure that we build all the right algorithms and be trained in the right way that we could do obstacle detection. And then there's a really interesting dimension that is unique to agriculture in terms of getting fully autonomous systems. And that is that we're not just driving around the field from point A to point B. The vehicles are also doing a job. And that job, in some cases, requires hundreds if not thousands of sensors, agronomic sensors, that have to optimize the machine in real time to make sure the seed is getting exactly where it needs to get to to make sure herbicides or fertilizers are only hitting the weeds or the plants that they have to hit. So all of those things require real-time optimization. Well, today, the human operator, which is, you know, humans are powerful sensors of context. We still rely on the human operator to make some of those tweaks, even though there's still already a lot of automation. So we're also working in parallel paths to try to automate all of those critical aspects of the job of farming in addition to the driving. So I would say we're still five years plus. And of course, as, as most of you know, when a technologist says five years plus, they might mean 10 or 12 or 15. It's just our way of saying, it's still quite a bit of ways out there, even though in some days because of the self-steering, it feels like we've already arrived.
0: So are there other big challenges in agriculture today where emerging technology such as artificial intelligence can help?
1: You know. Where we want to get to ultimately in agriculture as an industry, this isn't just John Deere as an industry is, we'd like to give the ability to farmers to do plant level management at scale. So if you ask any farmer, you know, what, what's your dream, you know, some, some unreasonable dream, they say, oh man, I would love to know that what each single plant needs every single year, every single day of the year, so I can give it to that plant so that I maximize yield. And so in order to do that, but, you know, you have to be able to do it a, a across hundreds or thousands of acres and, and be able to do it in very, very short time windows because there might be weather coming or it might get too hot or it might be snow coming and you got to get the crop out of the ground. So the, the, the biggest challenge is basically being able to give the farmer all of the right sensors and actuators such that they can manage each, each single plant at scale and and so when we put that when we write down the number of, the number of sensors that that's going to take and the amount of algorithms that that's going to take to be able to do that, that we're still quite a ways away right we've made significant progress but i would say you know we're if we were to use baseball terms we might be in the seventh inning of the first game of a seven game series so we got quite a ways to wait to, uh, to go to get there to the end
0: Rural areas are often underserved by cellular service and high-speed internet. What effect does this have on ag operations in general and ag AI in particular?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's something that uh, is a big opportunity for agriculture. So, and the reason why it's it's not just because uh, farmers want to use their cell phones uh, in rural areas. Of course, they do, but it's because uh, these machines are collecting so much data in real time. And, and in order for all of that data to be effective, uh, there has to be the infrastructure to transmit that data to a cloud, uh, leverage the power of the cloud uh, in real time and be able to move uh, the data back or the, the decisions that are made you know, as, a, as a function of having access to the cloud in real time. So the impact to, so far today has been that You know, in agriculture, all of us are constantly asking ourselves that question of edge versus cloud, edge versus cloud. And so we have made a significant amount of investment on edge computing and making sure that when we deem something a a real time decision, that we focus on the ability to do that on the edge. But as you know, that leaves a lot of opportunity still on the table, because no matter how sophisticated the edge gets, You know, that the cloud is in some ways in today's uh, world kind of limitless. And so uh, being able to tap into the cloud in real time and the power of the cloud um, with true rural connectivity is something that we're all looking forward to. And uh, it gets better and better every year, but we're still nowhere near where we need to be.
0: Dr. Julian Sanchez, Director of Emerging Technology at John Deere. If somebody wants to connect with you, Julian, maybe they want to understand more about the work that you're doing at John Deere. What's the best way they can do that?
1: Uh, me personally, follow me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn, Julian Sanchez, but, but actually um, follow John Deere on any of the social media platforms. And uh, we, uh, we, we have a little fun on social media. We share what we're working on. We'll give you insights about what farmers are dealing with. So it's a great way for the general public not just to connect with John Deere, but to connect with agriculture and the interesting problems in agriculture.
0: Thanks so much again for your time, Julian. Thank you. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching.